welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show, which boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday as of this week from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Something great for everyone who's coming on the show right now and giving us an opportunity to be able to give you some good gospel wisdom and knowledge, understanding, and um, inspiration that will propel you through your weekend. Hope that we say something um, that will just edify your souls on today. Uh, feel free to drop down in the comment box with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. We just ask that you keep it classy so that way we can stay on the live. Um, and we're just grateful again that we're able to be among you guys on this morning and hope that we're able to say something that inspires you throughout your day. On today, we got a jam-packed show in store for you on today. Uh, we're going to be taking a trip into the Temple of Love in our Gods at War series. Um, we're going to be looking at the Temple. We're going to be looking at the God of the God of Romance on today. We're also going to be talking about how we sometimes can have expectations that are not reality, and in order to move forward in the life that God would have for us, we have to let go of our expectations. Answer a question from the chat. Um, uh, somebody said yesterday, I repent and believe, quote unquote, repent and believe does not pay my bills. And so we're going to respond to that on today. <coughs> and, um, I've got an interesting surprise for you guys when it comes to something praiseworthy. Um, a, a, a very well-known rapper has done something very inspirational. Um, and so I'm looking forward to sharing that surprise with you guys on today because you're not going to believe who it is and you're not going to believe what he did. Um, so I'm just going to keep that in the in the back pocket until the end of the show. So if you want to know who I'm talking about, you're going to have to watch the show until about 7.50 um, a.m. Eastern Standard Time in order to know who I'm talking about today. Uh, but first, we are going to be talking about um, Diddy um, and the situation that he has going on right now um, with, uh, with, uh, with Cassie, who, um, who is suing him now. Uh, for $30 million uh, for things that happened um, while she was in a relationship with him. And so, again, we got a jam-packed show for you on this morning. I hope that you are doing well. I hope that you're doing fine. Um, I hope that we're able to say something that will edify your souls on this morning. We're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into our first, we're going to jump into our What Would Jesus Say segment on this morning. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, God, that you think it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today. Lord God, let this be none of me and all of you. Every word that is said, every story that's, writ that's, uh, that's read on today, everything that we go through on this, on this show on today, Lord, let it be a testament to the greatness and supremacy of who you are. We're asking, Lord God, that every person who comes upon this show on today, Lord God, that they are... I'm inspired by something that is said on today. Lord God, touch their hearts, touch their minds, edify the souls of the believers, um, uh, allow those who don't have a walk with you uh, to grow curious about you uh, from the conversation that we have on today. Strengthen and encourage us, Lord, and continue to, to remind us of who we are and more importantly, whose we are. God, we're just thankful on today. Thankful for every blessing that you bestowed upon us from the rockets of our craters to this present time. And Lord God, we're asking that you just continue just to shower down your blessings upon us. Blessings of peace, blessings of love, blessings of joy, blessings of patience, blessings of kindness, blessings of forgiveness, blessings of zeal, blessings of self-control. Lord God, we're asking for all of those blessings of the Spirit. For you said, ask and it shall be given, knock and it shall, um, nor shall be open, seeking ye shall find. That if you, if we as enemies and as evil can give good gifts to our children, how much more are you willing to give us your spirit? And so, Lord God, we ask for just a, a double portion of your spirit on today. 
continue just to pour out your blessings upon us in a mighty and powerful way. And we thank Jesus Christ for making all this possible by dying on the cross and rising again, that we may have an opportunity to worship you both in duty and delight. And Lord God, we're just thankful and give your name all praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, um, I don't know if anybody was paying attention to the news waves yesterday, uh, but um, Sean Diddy Combs was accused of rape and abuse in a lawsuit filed by former girlfriend Cassie Ventura. Um, producer and musician Sean Combs was sued in federal court in New York City on Thursday by his former girlfriend Cassandra Ventura, who alleges that she was um, assaulted and subjected to years of repeated physical and other abuses by Combs. The complaint obtained by CNN alleges that Combs lured Ms. Ventura into an ostentatious, fast-paced, and drug-fueled lifestyle and into a romantic relationship with him within two years of the pair meeting in 2005 or 2006 and Combs signing Ventura to his record label, Bad Boy Records, soon after. Ventura claims that in the suit, Combs exerted his power and influence over her throughout the course of their professional and romantic relationship. According to the complaint, she was 19 when they met and Combs was 37 and their business relationship lasted until 2019. The complaint details that the complaint details claims that Combs was physically violent toward Ventura, controlled all aspects of her personal life, introduced her to a lifestyle of excessive alcohol and substance abuse, and forced her to engage in various acts with other men during that time. In the lawsuit, Ventura alleges that after she tried to end their relationship in 2018, Combs forced his way into her home and assaulted her. Um, now mother to two children, Ventura claims in the suit that she struggled with addictions to drugs and alcohol that were established and fueled by Mr. Combs throughout the course of their relationship. The complaint states that Ventura still suffers from immense emotional distress and that at one point checked into an inpatient rehabilitation center after having thoughts of self-harm that she linked to abuse. Quote, after years of silence and darkness, I'm finally ready to tell my story and to speak up on behalf of myself and for the benefit of other women who face violence and abuse in their relationships, Ventura said in a statement to CNN. With the expiration of the New York Adult Survivors Act fast approaching, it became clear that this was an opportunity to speak up about the trauma I have experienced and I will be recovering from for the rest of my life. Um, the New York Adult Survivors Act went into effect late November 2022 and allows adult survival, survivors of abuse to sue their abusers in New York even if the statute of limitations on their claims had expired. The law had given adult survivors of assault one year to file lawsuits against their perpetrators and is set to expire next week on November 24th. Um, so, as a disclaimer, um, I just, I want everyone to know that, you know, I am, if you are a victim of any type of abuse or assault, um, I am so, so sorry that that has happened to you. Um, it is never okay for you to ever experience anything like that. Um, and if you have experienced something like that, um, I encourage you to get help, um, as, as, as best as you can. Um, be as careful as you can in doing so, um, because it is not easy to get past and get through stuff like this. 
Um, and so just as a disclaimer, um, I want to let everybody know that, you know, my heart goes out to all of you. And if you are experiencing anything like this, you know, if you are able, if you are able, please get help. Uh, because again, you know, no one should have to go through anything like this. Um, you know, what she's alleging is very serious and um, no one should be subjected to that. No one should have to go through that. And so I'm definitely sorry if that has happened to you. And if it didn't get, if it, indeed it has, then, you know, again, get help if you can. Um, when you see situations like this happening in the news, um, these are moments where people will often question, God, where are you? When we, when we see stuff like this happening. Um, these be these be some of the the reasons why people don't want anything anything to do with God, um, because they'll see something like this and, and wonder if God be so good, then why would He allow this thing to happen? If God be so great, why would He allow something like this to happen? If God be so awesome, why would He allow someone to have gone through the thing that Cassie allegedly gone went through with um with Diddy for all those years? If God be so awesome, then why would He allow someone to do something so heinous to her? Um, and it's often the case that, and we've seen this more, we've seen this now, you know, through the, through the meet through, through the me too movement that a lot of our celebrities and a lot of our actors and actresses and entertainers, um, they're now, you know, being exposed for, um, some of the heinous acts and the monstrous things that they did. And a lot of us, we kind of swept all that under the rug because they were entertaining us. Uh, we know of all the, the atrocities that R. Kelly, you know, had been involved in and, 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 and people would just keep sweeping it under the rug. You know, he was so um, brazen with it that it was in a lot of his music. He called himself the Pied Piper for crying out loud. And, you know, we just kind of lapped it up because, you know, we're stepping in the name of love. And, you know, we love, you know, 12 Play and TP2 and, and all. And I Believe I Can Fly and all that stuff. Like, we, he was an excellent musician and had a horrible lifestyle that everybody knew about. But no, what everyone was turning a blind eye to it. Because as long as that money was being made, as long as those records were being sold, as long as those concerts were being sold out, we just go keep that gravy train going. Um, and... Again, it's this is all alleged, so we're not saying that he did or didn't do anything. But if this is the case, then Diddy is yet another person who we who was allowed to have this, you know, incredible lavish lifestyle, and you know, and 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 and, and show you know his fame and his glory and everyone love and laud over him, while at the same time he's doing all these other things in the dark. It's often the case that, I, and, and I notice this a lot in therapy. That a lot of people who have an image to uphold, an image to maintain, they crack under the pressure of having to keep this lifestyle up. And as a result, the people closest to them often suffer the most for the, for, for the having to keep the image up. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who, who spouses, you know, when they got go out in public. They are the greatest people ever. They, they smile in everybody's faces and they're so awesome to everyone else. But then when they get home, their spouses and their kids and, and their family members, they get the brunt end of the stick that comes with all of the, all of the, 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 the pressure of trying to maintain an image 
trying to maintain, you know, being out in the public and trying to maintain being this big person or trying to be, you know, this, this celebrity, you know, even if it's in, in the middle of town. And a lot of times those people end up getting abused in the worst way in an attempt to try to keep up with, with what's going on on the outside. If I'm going to, to make myself look good, to make myself look important, I have to be good in everybody else's eyes. But when I come home, I can just be myself. And myself is so tortured. Myself is so tormented. Myself is so frustrated on the inside that my kids are going to get the brunt, of it, brunt end of it. That my wife is going to get the brunt end of it. That my husband is going to get the brunt end of it. That, you know, my family members are going to get the brunt end of it. That my best friends are going to get the brunt end of it. And a lot of times, we as the ones who are suffering, you know, we don't know how to help. We don't know what to do. And the love that we have for them is so strong that we will, you know, put up with a lot in hopes that maybe one day they'll change. One day they'll grow. One day they'll be different. One day they'll do, you know, they'll, they'll actually do what we know that they can do, what we've seen them do, what we've known them to be. And a lot, and so for a lot of us, we, 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 we don't know how to speak up for ourselves. We don't know how to say, hey, this thing is happening to me. This thing is happening to my family. This thing is happening to the kids. And we don't know how to speak up about it for various reasons. And so... Um, in, in, in light of what's happening now in what, you know, what Cassie has revealed, you know, allegedly happened while she was with, um, while she was with Diddy, it is a grim reminder that we live in a broken world where broken people do broken things. And we all need a, the Lord in our lives to help us to combat the darkness of our souls that had combat the darkness of, you know, the, of the, of the, of the lifestyle of the rich and famous to, to, to combat the, 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 the wiles of, you know, of drug use and the wiles of, you know, of, of, of lavishness and the, the wiles of, you know, of debauchery and things of that nature. Because a lot of times when we get swept up in the lifestyle of the celebrity, we don't realize how much it's going to cost. And sometimes we end up, we end up, you know, staying, saying or doing things that we wouldn't normally say or do in an attempt to try to keep up with the Joneses, in an attempt to try to keep up with the things that are going on um, in our, that's going on in our lives. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, you know, if we are believers in God, if we are believers in God, when we look at what's happening with, with, um, with Diddy and, and Cassie right now, number one, we are in no place to judge anybody. We ain't got a heaven or a hell to put any, any, either of them in. And so we would do we would be wise to to use discernment as we're looking into the situation and asking ourselves the question, you know, you know, are we are we praying for them? Are we, you know, praying that God will bring about peace in their lives? Second and more importantly, as we look into what's going on with them, check our own hearts. Like their situation's bad. What about us? What are we doing? What have we said? What have we done that would cause us to hurt the people that are around us? What situations or circumstances are going on in our heart spaces and head spaces that have the potential to cause us to, ha to harm people that we wouldn't normally harm? You know, what sort of, you know, situations do we have going on in our own lives? What kind of circumstances do we have going on in our own hearts? 
was talking to somebody yesterday during therapy and he was saying that, you know, he often he often distances himself, you know, from the people that he loves and distances himself from the people that he cares about. And I said to him, you know, you know, I asked him, where is that coming from? And he said, I don't know how to talk about my feelings. And I said, if you don't know how to talk about your feelings, your feelings are going to talk for you in your actions, going to manifest themselves. It's going to manifest themselves in some way, shape or form. And for a lot of us, we have some deep seated, rooted things going on inside of our hearts that we don't want to tell anybody about. We don't want to talk to anyone about. We don't want to share those things. We don't want to be vulnerable. And I know that vulnerability has kind of become a buzzword in the, in, the, in the world that we live in today. And so a lot of people like, be vulnerable, be vulnerable, be vulnerable. But, um, and because of that, you know, a lot of people think that vulnerability is just about you talking a whole lot more. But no, it's about actually getting in touch with the depths of your soul and being able to express what's going on in the depths, in the depths. And for a lot of us, because we don't know how to talk about what's going on inside of our hearts, instead what we do is we act out. We act out what's going on within. And a lot of that acting out comes in the form of drug use, comes in the form of abuse, comes in the form of, you know, of, of loose sex. It comes in the form of, you know, gossiping. It comes in the form of, of gambling. It comes in the form of lying. It comes in the form of, you know, of verbal assaults. It comes in the form of, you know, physical assaults. And a lot of that stuff is about stirred up things on the inside that we're not talking about. Again, I don't know the situation that happened with Diddy, but I would imagine that he had a lot of stuff going on inside of his heart space, a lot of stuff going on in his head space. And as a result, rather than talking about those things, rather than getting some help about those things, he turned to the things that he knew, drugs, sex, partying, you know, rock and roll, so to speak, you know, he, he turned to the things that he knew and he brought somebody in, brought a, probably brought a whole bunch of people in, into that space, you know, to suffer with him. And in doing so, never looked at himself, never looked in the mirror and said, Hey, you know, this, uh, this is not, this is not what I'm supposed to be about. This is not what I'm, the life that I'm supposed to be living. You know, this is not what, and I don't know, again, I don't know if he has a relationship with God or not, but definitely be able to say, this isn't the life that God has for me. And so for a lot of us, we got to ask the question, even us as believers, you know, am I allowing God into the, my heart space? Am I allowing God into this space to really know, to really, to really know who I am in him? You know, the things that are going on inside of my heart space, the things that are going on inside of my head space, you know, am I allowing God to truly transform me or am I only allowing my relationship with him to go surface level? And as a result, when things really start getting hot and heavy in my life, you know, I'm not allowing the, the things that are, that are going on within me to be exposed, the, the only way to drive out darkness is that you got to shine a big light on it. The only way to drive out darkness is you got to shine the light on it. And for a lot of us, we don't want God to shine that light. Because if he shines that light, he's going to expose a lot of things that are going on inside of us. And we try to keep that close to the vest. Try to close that. Try to keep that in the closet. Try to keep that in the pocket. 
But again, if we try to keep these things bottled up inside of us, they are going to manifest themselves in some way, shape, or form. And more often than not, it's our family members, it's our friends, it's our loved ones who suffer the most because of the, because of the fact that we won't speak. We won't share. We won't confess our faults. We won't confess our sins to a God who is faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and all unrighteousness. Confession is a good work that glorifies God. It is a good work that glorifies God. And for many of us, we don't want to talk about what's going on on the inside. But we'll for dang sure act it out because it's easier to act it out than it is to talk about it. It's easier to just, you know, put walls up than to talk about it. It's easier to drown it out, drown it out in, 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 in booze and in, 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 in drugs than to actually talk about it. It's easier to, 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 to hurt people's feelings and to push people away than to actually talk about it. It's easier to, 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 to try to climb the social ladder and to create this whole image of who I am than to actually talk about the fact that I'm flawed, that I'm damaged, that I'm hurt, that things have happened to me, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm hurting on the inside. And so as I look at what happened in this situation with Cassie and, and Diddy, you know, I feel sorry for Diddy in that, you know, all this could have been avoided if, again, if all this did, stuff did happen, if he just would have talked about it. Nevertheless, regardless of whether he talked about it or not, Cassie didn't deserve any of what happened to her. She didn't deserve any of that. And so my heart goes out to her as well because... Again, often is the case is when sin is birthed and it brings about evil, it is often innocent people who end up hurt. People who don't deserve anything that they're getting that end up hurt the most. And so she didn't deserve any of that. She didn't deserve the abuse. She didn't deserve any of the um of the drug addiction didn't deserve any of the you know ongoing therapy she's probably gonna have to be in for the rest of her life now as a result of all this she shouldn't have to you know sue in order to get you know reparations and damages for what happened to her over those years you know it's been it's very sad and unfortunate that she's having to go through all of this because she doesn't deserve it no one deserves to go through the things that she has gone through no one deserves to be hurt. No one deserves to be assaulted. No one deserves to be forced to do anything in anything that's un that's un that's not consensual. You no one deserves that. Period point blank. And so and so my heart hurts for her on today and I'm praying for her and praying for others as well who have experienced anything like that because again, it is not your fault. It is not your fault. Hear me when I say believer and unbeliever. It is not your fault. No one deserves any type of hurt, harm, or pain, or assault in any way, shape, or form. I don't care how many arguments y'all are in. Y'all don't, you don't deserve that. You, no one deserves to be hit. No one deserves to be hurt. No one deserves to be assaulted. No one deserves to be, you know, the R word. No one deserves any of that. And so... 
this again is just a grim reminder of a bunch of different truths. One, that we live in a broken world where broken people do broken things. Two, that, you know, sin begets all this type of stuff. Um, and three, no one deserves this. No one deserves this. And hear me clear, because you're going to have people who are like, who, who, who have the audacity to say things like God condones this. God does not condone this. God does not condone this. And I know in situations like these, we often will question, where was God? The same place he's always been. He hadn't gone anywhere. He, he, still, he still reigns on the throne. Despite all this that's happened, despite what's going on with her, he still reigns on the throne. He's still there. He hadn't gone anywhere. And, and you know, his love covers a multitude of sins. You know, we got to we got to often oftentimes remember that, you know, our hierarchy of sin is not God's hierarchy of sin. Sin is sin. It, it, whether you do something small or whether you do something great, sin is sin. And the wages of sin is death. Period point blank. That's across the board. And so, as is often stated, if we want God to not allow these things to happen, then we're asking God to get rid of us too. Because again, that shouldn't have happened. Our, but our act of rebellion against God shouldn't have happened either. And so again, you know, we look at what happened in this situation between um, between Cassie and, um, and Diddy, and we're like, dude, that sucks. That absolutely sucks. Again, no one deserves anything like that and we have to be careful we have to be ever so careful that we are not you know that we are not casting judgment upon them for in casting judgment upon them we are casting judgment upon ourselves um and we got to ask god to help diddy to get his mind right help cassie to you know to be able to overcome all of the issues and the problems that she's been that she's had to deal with over the years and you know can live a life of peace within her soul proud of her courage for being able to speak up and speak out and say this 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 stuff happened to me and I don't and it wasn't good I'm so proud of her for speaking up and speaking out and speaking her truth um and again we as the believers in God just have to remind ourselves do a heart check you know, is there anything that I'm doing, anything that I'm feeling, anything that I've got going on inside of me that has the potential to, you know, cause me to act out in a way that is unlike God, that is unlike Christ, unlike the spirit that lives inside of me. We all have the potential to do the unthinkable. We all have the potential to act out in an act of rebellion against God. We all have the potential to do something dangerous, to do something dastard in the right time, with the right situation, the right circumstances. All of us have the potential. So it is imperative that we check our hearts, that we check our, our minds, that we check to make sure that we're not falling for the traps. Listen, you know, 
it is very we, we we it is very easy for any of us to allow any of these idols that we put that we put on the throne I mean that we've put on the altar to spring back off the altar and try to reclaim throne of our the throne of our hearts. It is very easy. It's so deceptive. It's and, and it's so deceptive you don't even realize what's happening until you knee deep in it. And so we have to ask God every single day, please, you know, be the peace that guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, we, we pray every day for the secret to contentment, which is Christ Jesus, to help us to remember that, hey, those idols, they are warring. They are warring for our hearts. They are warring for our souls. And at any given moment, we have the potential to find ourselves in a situation that we never would imagine we could be in. And so we got to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we are not be, being arrogant in our faith and saying, that would never be me. That could never be me. You don't know that. That's why we need a savior to guard our hearts and minds so that we don't sin against him. So that we don't fall short of the glory of God so that we are walking in lockstep with him every single day. This faith walk is not for the faint of heart. There are going to be some great days. There are going to be some trying times. But we, the people of God, have to be ever so careful that we are staying in tune with the Spirit, staying attuned to the Spirit. And in doing so, you know, making sure that we're doing everything we can to not fall for the traps and not fall for the hype. If you find yourself in a place where you are, you know, in the kind of celebrityism lifestyle, ask yourself the question, you know, it, what is this all worth? What does it what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Again, I I, I think about the fact that Diddy won the Icon Award this year on the MTV um, Music Awards, the um, the VMAs. And, and there were some people that were saying he doesn't deserve that award. And they were coming out and saying the various things. And now to see this, what does it profit a man to be standing on the mountaintop with the award in hand saying, thank you. Thank you for this award. Thank you so much for this award. What did it cost? Hashtag Thanos. Did you did you get it? Did you do it? Yes. What did it cost you? Everything. What does it profit a man to be able to sit on top of the world and have it have his name strewn in lights? Where the second you walk into the club or the second you walk into the bar, they're parting the Red Sea for you to come to the VIP section. What does it profit a man to be able to stand in, 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 the, in the seat of, the, of a presidency? What does it profit a man to be the CEO of a company? What does it profit a man to have, you know, you know uh, 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 50 million likes and 50 million followers and 50 million dollars sitting in the bank? And to lose your soul. To lose your soul. What does it profit a man to dehumanize people and use them as objects, to, 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 to move them around as chess pieces on the board, and to lose your soul in the process? What does it profit a man to, put, to get somebody to 
force somebody to be strung out on drugs and to do all sorts of atrocious acts. What is it profit of man to do all those things and lose his soul? These are the gods that are warring for our hearts every single day. And we see the manifestation of it in our, in our, in our, you know, in our, in our celebrity culture, in our political landscapes, but even right here at home. We got to do a heart check. We got to do a heart check. And if we're not, and if we find ourselves in a place where we're not worshiping the true and living God, and there's something or someone in, 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 in God's place, we got to ask God quick, hey, remove this thing. Because if you don't remove this thing, it has the power to devour me whole, to, 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 to eat me alive. And we, the people of God, we would do well to remember that any of us could find ourselves in that same place. Any of us could find ourselves in that same situation. Any of us can find ourselves in a similar state that Diddy has found himself in right now. Um, and we got it. And so, again, let's not cast judgment upon him. Let us pray for him. Let us pray for Cassie that she's able to get the healing spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically that she needs to move on and to move forward um, in her life. Hopes that she wins her case. I'm praying that she wins her case. You know, when all that comes with that. You know, and let us pray that we, as the people of God, you know, watch and guard so that we do not fall in the same traps. Because, like I said, anybody, anybody can find themselves in the same situation, given the right time, the right circumstances, in the right mental, in mental emotional, and spiritual state. And so let us again be careful that we don't that we that we find ourselves that we don't find ourselves in that same trap as that as they found as he's found himself in. And thank them and I'll and I'll say this and then I'll, I'll and then I'll, I'll move on. Thank God for the spotlight. It sucks that it came to this. But thank God for the spotlight. Many times we don't realize what we've what we've done or we won't let go of what we've done or we continue to do what we do in the face of God. And so God has to shine a big spotlight on our lives to expose us for what we're doing. And even though it may hurt, thank God for the spotlight. Thank God for the spotlight because because of that spotlight, it can now give us an opportunity to get our souls back, to get our souls right with God, to repent before the face of God and say, God, I'm sorry. Please change me. Please turn me around. Please replace my heart of stone with a heart of flesh. And yeah, the world, I may lose the world. But what I get to gain in its replace is infinitely better than anything that this world could offer me. Seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. A lot of us, we want to hold on to the prestige that we have so badly that we're trying to keep all of our dirt in the dark. But God says, I'm going to shine a light on it. 
If I if you know, if I shine a light on it, it will expose the darkness. And even though it may cost you something in this life, what you have to gain is infinitely greater. For to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And as a result, if we allow God to expose the darkness, because we unless we're gonna expose it ourselves, if we allow God to expose the darkness, well, you know, I ain't even gonna say that. God will sometimes just force his way in and expose expose the darkness when he does thank god praise him it's gonna hurt like a mug because we try so hard to keep it in the dark but the thing about transparency and vulnerability is that when you're able to be transparent open honest vulnerable able to just be this is me this is who i am it makes it easier to live a life of righteousness because you have no secrets. You have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear. Because what can man do to you? All my secrets are exposed. All my secrets are out there. Everything is exposed now. I have nothing to hide. So we defeat the darkness by exposing the, exposing the truth. Exposing, the, exposing it to the light. Here it is. So again... We, the people of God, if we say that we believe in God, we have to believe that if God is spirit, those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And in order to move forward and in order to not allow the idols to wage war or to win the war for our souls, we have to expose the darkness for what it is. Expose the idols for what they are. And allow God to show us, hey, this area right here, let me get that. Let me get that. Stop trying to hide it. Because if you try to hide it, it's just going to make me want to expose it even more. Bring it to me. Let me have it. Let me take ownership of that. So that, so that it gives us the opportunity then to be able to do the work. Do the work that is necessary to get your heart in a much better condition. To have our walk be such with God that where we're able to do what he is calling us to do and to be who he is calling us to be. And so we thank God for the light. Thank God for exposing us. Thank God for showing us and illuminating with us. Showing us who we are, showing us what it is that we got that we got that we got going on. In our next segment, we're going to talk about what are those gods in particular that's warring for our hearts. And so we thank God that He allows us to shine a big spotlight on it, so that way we can see it for what it is, and then make a then make a decision: Are we going to keep living the way that we've been living, or are we going to give that idol up to God, so that we can be more like Him and do what He is calling us to do for His name's sake? You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly thankful for the 601 likes that we've gotten so far. Thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, and every share. 
you missed any part of this message or would like to listen to future uh, past future past and future episodes, you can um, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to every episode from inception to now. Certainly grateful for each and every one of you. When we come back, we're going to continue our journey in the book Gods at War as we're looking at the God of um the God of Romance on today and seeking out how we are, you know, worshiping the God of Romance. Um, and so we thank you for, we thank you for watching the True Gospel Morning Show. We'll be right back in just a moment. True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live Wednesday, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, certainly thank you for the 600 likes that we've received thus far. Um, we're continuing our journey in the book Gods at War. Let me flip the camera around so you guys can see it. We're continuing our journey in the book Gods at War right here by Kyle Eidelman. Um, we have been talking about the idols that are warring for our hearts and um, in this, we've looked through the temple of, um, we looked through the temple of, um, let me get it together, the temple of pleasure. Then we looked at the temple of power. And now we're looking at the temple of love. And so we're entering into the temple of love on today. And in doing so, we're going to talk about the God of romance first. Um, here we go. Starts off by saying, our culture holds up romantic love as the greatest and noblest of pursuits. We are led to believe that the need for romantic affection is built into every single one of us so that we instinctively learn, yearn for that tingly, bubbly feeling that we call falling in love. We spend our lives in hopes of finding our soulmate, 
that one person out there just for us. The message to those who aren't married or at least dating someone is that you won't be content or complete unless you're in a relationship. It starts early. When my middle daughter, talking about Kyle Ottoman's daughter, was four years old, she watched a Disney movie about a prince and a princess living happily ever after. When it's over, she asked me, Dad, who am I going to marry? I told her that she didn't need to worry about that right now, and I, and I would make that decision when the time came. But the not-so-subtle message that she picked up on is, if you don't have a prince, then you can't be a princess. Even at church, sometimes a single person gets the impression that they are somehow incomplete. I was looking in a Christian bookstore under the section for single adults. There were 20 different titles. 17 of them dealt with finding your, um, your future mate. My favorite title was, if men are like buses, how can I catch one? And well-meaning people say things like, if you want to find someone wonderful, you have to be someone wonderful. In other words, if you're not with someone, there must be something wrong with you. For many, romantic love becomes the focus of their lives. Our pop culture tells us that love makes the world go round and all you need is love. Pick your cliche, but what seems clear is that romantic love is the most important subject we have. Nearly all of our music is about this kind of love, and it has been that way for a long time. You know those Harley Quinn romances? Five and a half of those novels are sold every second. And as a writer in this, in this writing field, you know, I've definitely learned that. Um, just off of the, you know, what I've, um, what I've researched, like you talking about romance novels, the Jim Jokers fly off the, off the, um, off the shelves. Like it is insane how, how, you know, big, you know, those romance novels and those, you know, erotic novels, how, how big they sell. Like it is unreal. It, it is unreal. Um, let's see. Here's a surprising thought. No, here we go. Um, if, if the, the, um, would you do anything for love? If so, the romantic love has officially re has officially reached God's status in your life. Here's a surprising thought. Here's a surprising thought. Life was never meant to be about romantic love. Much of what we think of as romantic love was actually invented an invention of western culture something that didn't take hold until the middle ages c.s lewis one of the world's greatest classical scholars wrote a study called the allegory of love a study rather in it he shows how troubadours during medieval times popularized the hearts and flowers conception of love between a man and a woman and it simply took hold of our part of the world as a matter of fact, he wrote that he believes that this development had a greater impact than the Protestant Reformation. It caused us to believe that the great purpose of life is the pursuit of an emotional, dramatic, passionate, romantic love. It is not as if romantic affection itself didn't exist before that. Go read the Song of Solomon in your Bible if you doubt that it did. But the rom rom romantic love as the great quest an obsession, something we must have or be miserable, is a human cultural invention. God has wired most of us for intimate fellowship, for a special mate, mate someone to compliment us. But in modern times, we've inflated that idea to crazy proportions. We look to romantic love 
as the secret to our satisfaction and the missing piece to make life feel complete. The other day I came across a website that listed the top 10 romantic lines from the movies. You'd probably recognize most of them. The number one line, according to this list, was from the movie Jerry Maguire, starring Tom Cruise. You might remember that moment when Tom Cruise turns to Renee Zellweger with the tear-filled eyes and quivering lips says, You complete me. The whole movie had been building up to that one line. What Jerry Maguire couldn't find in success at work or in casual hookups, he finally finds in romantic love. But the truth is, if there were a Jerry Maguire 2, and I'm not suggesting that there should be, you would find that she didn't complete him anymore, and he didn't end, and he didn't end up completing her. It felt that way initially. The rush of passion and emotion felt like a completion, but it wouldn't have lasted. And chances are, the sequel would find the main characters moving on to someone else in hopes of being completed. What happens, however, when we believe ourselves to be incomplete without a mate? We begin a relentless search. Everything is put on hold. Nothing counts until we find that partner who is supposed to be at our side. The truth is, you and I were made for a love far deeper, far richer than what any human relationship can offer. For most of us, we are hardwired to want to be in love. For a lot of us, we want, we want that. We want it real bad. We want to be connected to somebody in a romantic way really, really bad. We feel empty on the inside unless we are connected to someone else. Some people would call this in the, in the therapy biz anxious attachment. But the truth of the matter is, it is a, it is a telling of, a, of an emptiness on the inside of us that we're trying so desperately to fill with another person. We've been, we've been told and we've been taught that without a person in our lives, we're going to be incomplete. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be able to be what we're meant to be unless we have somebody, someone by our side. I have all these trinkets and all these toys and I have this big house and I have this, this great car and I have you all the great job, but I, I don't have anybody to, to call my own. I don't have anybody to share this stuff with. Um, growing up, you know, there are so many different songs that I would listen to that would talk about, I need a girlfriend. You know, B2K sang a song about needing a girlfriend. Um, uh, um, what's his name? Um... Um, um, Music Soul Child talked about wanting a girlfriend. Um, you know, he wrote a song about love. Um, you know, uh, Jagged Edge songs, so many songs about love. Um, 112, um, shoot, you know, your, your Janet Jacksons of the world. Everybody was singing about love. Alicia Keys was singing about love. You know, some people want it all, but I don't want nothing at all if I ain't got you, baby. Like, the, you know, everybody ha was singing love songs. Now, I don't know whether or not we really singing love songs like that no more. Like, I, everybody talking about just wanting to make me water. Hashtag Tyler now. You know, that's that's about every, what everybody wants nowadays. Ain't nobody really singing about love like that no more. They just want to become water. You know what that means. Um, but, um, 
but nobody's really talking about that in the, in, the, in the culture we live in right now. But for the most part, it's still in your movies, it's still in your TV shows, it's still in your um your 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 romantic books and everywhere else in between. Everyone's looking for love. Everyone's looking for their person. Everyone's looking for their partner. Grey's Anatomy coined the phrase "my person," you know, and everybody's been in search of their person ever since, you know, trying to find the person that's gonna make them feel complete, make them feel whole, make them feel like they matter in this world, that they are connected to someone else. Now, it is true that God made us to not live in this world alone. Go back to Genesis. It is not good for man to be alone. So what did he do? He created woman. And we are not meant to be in this world alone. That's why it says in the word, man shall leave father and mother and cling to his, to cling to his wife and, they, and the two become one flesh. Like God built us for connection, but he never meant for connection to supersede the relationship that we have with him. It was never meant to rise up to the level to where we're now, you know, worshiping creation rather than the creator. We were never, people were never meant to complete us. They're meant to complement us, but they're not meant to complete us. They're meant to stand by our side, but they were never meant to fill us on the inside. It feels good to have a person next to you. I love my wife. Nicole, love you to pieces. But my love for her will never supersede the love the love that I have for God and the love God has for me. And I don't want my love my love for her or you know her love for me to supersede her love for God. Because again, I don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in, and I for dang sure can't save her from her sins. I can't save her soul. And she can't save mine. And so our love for one another should never supersede the love that we have for God. But for a lot of us, our love for a person, a spouse is so strong. That's what we pray the most about. God, give me a husband. God, give me a wife. God, give me somebody. God, let me get, please connect me to somebody. God, bring me, bring me my, bring me my spouse. Lord, when, when am I going to be married? When am I going to do this? When am I going to do that? Like it shows up in our prayers. What it is that we're seeking God for. Now, again, as I always say, if you're going to ask anybody for anything, ask God. If, 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 if you know, if you're going to ask God for, if you're going to ask anybody, ask God, ask God for it. Hey, God, you know, what's up? What's happening? Can I have this? If you're going to ask anybody, ask him. But in the asking, we got to be careful that our asking is not a means of trying to get God, trying to rub the lamp, like trying to get God to come out like the genie and say, give me something. No, we have to ask God. We ask God for what we want, but our love for God cannot be overshadowed by love for something else, for a desire for something else, a passion for something else, desiring something else. And as a result, come on now, you know what I'm saying? And so again, we ask God every day, you know, for the things that we want, but those things should never supersede God. And for a lot of us, a relationship is what we desire more so than we desire God. We want a relationship with somebody so badly that we're willing to even compromise on who we are, compromise 
on our ideals, compromise on what we know to be true, all in an attempt to be loved by somebody, to be in the throes of grand passion with somebody. Often is the case when I'm talking to a lot of my clients and talking to a lot of people that they will think that their relationship with a person is supposed to be filled with passion 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. And so their relationship will go through low states where you have your highs and you have your lows. You have your highs and you have your lows. And I remember this movie, um, Breaking All the Rules, where this girl, the, 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 the main character, him and his girl were about to get engaged. Like, they literally at the engagement party. Their, their life is good. But she comes to him and she's like, there's just no grand passion between us. Everything is going so good. And he's like, ain't that the point? Like, ain't that what a relationship's supposed to be? Like, it's supposed to be good. Like, why? What is this grand passion you're looking for? She wanted so badly to be swept off her feet 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year, that because he wasn't sweeping her off her feet as much as it felt in the honeymoon phase of their dating, she went and cheated on him with a whole nother person to go get that romance back, to get that spark back because she felt like this isn't the type of love that I thought I was supposed to be in when when romantic love goes through stages but the stages are not necessarily indicators of a bad relationship if anything thank God for the boring thank God for the mundane thank God for the regular because at least it's regular in peace rather than having all this drama that comes with the, the passion in the throes of a relationship, you know, and, and, or, and or the having the honeymoon phase all over again. That dopamine hit of the honeymoon phase can be so addicting and addictive that we'll end up burning whole relationships down just so I can go find a new passion or a new love. Some of us are addicted to the dopamine hit of the of the trials and tribulations of a relationship that we'll think, if my relationship doesn't have any drama in it, it must not be good for me. And yet, we want so badly to be connected to somebody that we're willing to compromise on our ideals, compromise on our principles, compromise on God, I put this post up on Facebook the other day. I said, you know, people often say I would never betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, you're probably right. But you probably betray Jesus for a whole lot less than that, actually. You, have you ever betrayed him for a relationship? I have. A lot of us probably have. We, we know what we're supposed to do and know what we're not supposed to do. And yet we'll do what we're not supposed to do so that we can stay booed up with somebody. I want this relationship so bad, I'm willing to have sex when I know I don't want to, when I know I shouldn't. You know, I want to be booed up so badly that I'll stay connected to somebody who is trash, knowing this person's not good for my soul. I'll, I'll, I'll stay connected to somebody so bad that I'm willing to stay, you know, and, 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 and listen to, you know, all the stuff that he keeps putting in my ear, telling me I'm worthless, telling me I'm not this, telling me I'm not that, so I can stay connected to somebody. Because I want to be I want to be with somebody so badly that I'm willing to compromise on my ideals, 
Compromise on the person that God has made me to be so that I can stay connected to someone. Bros, we ain't no different. We know this girl is no good for us. No, this girl is not meant for, to be in our lives. This girl is not doing us any good. But because we want to be in a relationship so bad, we're allowing her to walk all over us, do all sorts of things to us, call us out our names, all that just so that we can stay connected to somebody because we're worshiping the creation, worshiping a relationship over worshiping God. The Bible tells us um, in the book of Genesis about this, um, about the, um, about, um, uh, um, come on, come on. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Um, oh, nope. I'm sorry. I got that wrong. I got that wrong. I was thinking about something different. I was thinking about something different. That's my fault. Um, I was thinking about the story of, um, of, um, of Jacob and how Jacob loved, you know, the woman that he wanted and he loved her so badly that he was willing to work 14 years, work seven plus seven in an attempt to get her. Um, and how that kind of leads to it. But that's not the story that this guy was, re was recommending in the book. I thought that's what it was, but it wasn't. Um, so I can't use that like I want to, because I'm not going. I'm not going to step out of. Not going to step out of pocket. Excuse me. Um. So. Here we go. Love makes the world go round. In a sense, the Beatles were right. All you need is love, but it's a different love than most people would expect. All we need is the love of God. He is the only one who can fill the void. When we feel the deep pang of loneliness, that's God crying out within us for fellowship. He wants to give us the love we have sought anywhere and everywhere else. Paul says something to the church in Corinth that seems rather shocking to our modern ears. He encourages singles and widows to stay unmarried. Listen to his reasoning. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 to 34. If you're not married, you are able to have that much more time and commitment to give to God. Don't misunderstand. Marriage is good. God isn't against it. In fact, he's the one who came up with it. But as fantastic as human love is, it can never be a substitute for God's love. The void in the human heart is God-shaped, not mate-shaped. Again, the void in the human heart is God-shaped, not mate-shaped. And so again, what he's saying and suggesting to us is that we as the people of God have to be careful that we're not trying to substitute him for someone else it's very easy in the world that we live in it's been easy since the dawn of time it's very easy for us to say to god i want to be in love so badly that i'm willing to substitute you for a relationship that i'm worshiping you for a relationship call a spade a spade for some of us that's exactly why we're in the kingdom because we're hoping god to give us a spouse and so again what, the, what scripture is telling us is whether you're married, whether you're single, 
whether you're in a relationship, whether you're not, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Do a heart check. Is being in love so important to you that you're compromising on who Christ is? That you're compromising on who you are in him? Do a heart check. Is being in love so important to you that you are willing to risk everything in order to be in a relationship with somebody? Here's the heart check for us today. Number one, are you disappointed in your love life? If you're single, do you find that your life is somehow not complete because you haven't found that special someone? If you're married, do you find that your husband or wife is constantly disappointing you? Do you find yourself wondering if maybe you married the wrong person and your soulmate is still out there somewhere? How you answer those questions reveals where you've put your hope. And where you put your hope answers the question to what God you really worship. Check your pulse. Number two, who do you sacrifice the most for? Most of us could tell a story or two of the ways we have sacrificed to show our love to someone we had romantic feelings for. Certainly God calls us to love selfishly and sacrificially in our romantic relationships. But how do those sacrifices compare to the sacrifices you made in your relationship with God? Think of an altar that represents your relationship with God. What are the sacrifices you've laid on that altar out of love for him? Check your pulse, saints. Check your pulse. Number three. Who is it that completes you? Perhaps you have the challenge of a struggling marriage. Can the pain of that be keeping you away from God? Could you be living as Leah did, so focused on repairing what is damaged that you forget to praise and worship God? In the sad event that things don't improve, can you find satisfaction in God? Perhaps you are single. Can you take Paul's challenge and give all the more of yourself to the kingdom of God? Sometimes we have to dethrone idols before we are ready for the blessings God has for us. Could it be that you are so focused on finding someone that you are not focused enough on becoming the person God wants you to be? I'll leave us with this today. No human being we discovered can meet all of our needs. No human being deserves that much pressure. But Jesus can do it. Jesus, our identity. It was wonderfully liberating to break free from the shackles of finding who we were in one person, who we, finding who we were in one person who could define us for what it meant to be alive. Jesus once said that no one has greater love than the one who will lay down his life for a friend. And then he proved it. So I ask you all again today, where is your heart? Who has your heart? What is sitting on the throne of your heart? What has the power to steer and drive you? Is it God or is it anything else? Are you so desperate to be in love and to be in a relationship that you're willing to compromise on your faith?
I'm talking to the Saints. I'm talking to the Saints. Are you so convinced that a relationship is what you need? That you are willing to sacrifice God on the altar to get that relationship? Are you so convinced that that is what you need? That having that love, that, that, that throws of passion, being booed up with somebody, is that important to you? That you are willing to step over the throne of God, step over the cross of Christ in order to be in love. If that's you, again, just do a simple heart check. You're not out of the kingdom. If you have believe in, if you believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. So it's just a heart check. Are you so convinced that love is what you need that you are willing to put Christ on the put Christ back on the cross and step over him and supplant the throne of God so that love can reign on it? It's a simple heart check. I'm not calling you calling you the devil or anything like that. Just check your pulse. Cause for most of us, there is something that has the potential to cause us to walk out of out of step with God. All of us got something. Check your pulse. Check your heart. Is God truly the thing that reigns and rules in your life? Or are you being ruled by a desire to be loved by somebody? For somebody to be standing next to you, to be to, to march down an aisle. To, you know, be all booed up. Because we can talk a pretty good game. But God knows. God knows what we want. God knows what we, what we desire. He knows what we need. But he also knows what we desire. And we got to be careful that we're not putting ourselves in a place where we're allowing that thing to usurp the throne of God. Because if we do that, then we are only allowing that God to consume us. And like it's like the book says, no one can withstand the pressure of being a God. Nobody. No one can withstand the pressure of being a God. That is a responsibility that only God can assume. The void in our hearts is God-shaped, not mate-shaped. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D. Right here on TikTok Live. Thank you so much for the 726 likes that we received today. Every like, every comment, every follow, every share is greatly appreciated. If you have missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go right now to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. Listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, we're going to listen to um, T.D. Jakes as he gives us a lesson on expectation versus reality. It's really good, and I want you guys to hear it, and we're going to come back and talk about it in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for the thousand likes that we received thus far. Lulu, we see you, and I appreciate you so, so much for pushing us up to a thousand on today. So thank you so, so much for that. Um, we're going to listen to a message from T.D. Jakes, a quick message from T.D. Jakes um, regarding expectation versus reality, and I want you guys to listen to it right now. Give me one second to load it up. They never agree. Let's see if I can back it up. Three, two. Hold on. Um, usually, give me a little. Disappointment begins with the expectation. Hold on. Let me see. Let me, let me reset it. Patience of people that they never agreed to. Twice. Disappointment begins with the expectation that wasn't communicated. And you brought me in to play a role that I never got to read the script. Words don't ensure results because words require images. And I wish we could see pictures rather than words because the pictures are true to the vision you have in mind. And the word always falls short of the vision. And if we can let go of what we had in mind, we can discover what God had in mind for and the difference between the person who can't move forward and the person that can is how quickly we adapt to letting go of what we had in mind. We have expectations of people that they never agreed to. Disappointment begins with the expectation that wasn't communicated and you brought me in to play a role that I never got to read the script. Words don't ensure results because words require images and I wish we could see pictures rather than words because the pictures are true to the vision you have in mind and the word always falls short of the vision and if we can let go of what we had in mind we can discover what God had in mind for us and the difference between the person who can't move forward and the person that can is how quickly we adapt to letting go of what we had in mind. We have expectations of Again, that was Bishop T.D. Jakes talking about expectations versus reality. Um, We talked about this. Let me back up a little bit. Came in just a little too much. There we go. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, and so when I saw the video, I was like, yeah, we got we to gotta revisit this today. Um, we have our plans and scripture speaks to this. We may have our plans, but it's God that orders our steps. We have our plans, but God orders our steps. Um, a lot of us, um, we come into our faith. We come into life expecting life to go a specific way. If we do a specific set of things, some of us, our lives go according to just straight up according to plan. But for others, not so much. You know, we have our plans and we do our thing and we have a certain thing that we're expecting, how we're expecting it to go. And when it doesn't go the way that we want it to go or it doesn't go according to the way that we thought it was going to go, we end up hurt and disappointed. And as T.D. Jakes talks about, 
the sooner we're able to relinquish our plans and put them in the hands of God and say, God, you got this, the less we will sit in the disappointment of things not going according to plan. You know, when we get married, a lot of people, and it's a lot of, I talk to a lot of um, married couples in, in, in my counseling, a lot of couples, they expect marriage and family to be a specific way. And when they get married, they realize, oh shoot, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is not what I envisioned my life was going to be like. This isn't the type of marriage I envisioned having. You aren't the person that I envisioned you being in my head. And because we never talked about the expectations, we just made assumptions about how things were going to be. When we finally got, finally got the person, finally got married, realized, oh shoot, this isn't what, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. You aren't, this isn't what I envisioned. And in order for us to be able to move forward in our marriage together, you know, provided that we're not talking about abuse and all that type of stuff, that's a whole different dynamic. We'll talk about that another time. But, you know, talking about, you know, I was expecting, you know, food to be cooked every day, or I was expecting laundry to be done every day, or, you know, think, little, you know, things like that, for instance. Like, if the sooner we're able to pivot and adapt, pivot and adapt, the less we will sit in the disappointment of things not going the way that we envision them. We don't talk about our expectations of like we like we should when we're talking to our people. Number one, number two, our expectations might change because you might talk about them and then you get into the marriage now everything's completely different. Nevertheless, we have an idea or a picture in our head of what our relationship and what our marriage is supposed to be like, and then we get in there and it's not what we thought it was going to be. If we don't know how to pivot and don't know how to shift and adapt and change, we will, we will get so bogged down and frustrated with the fact that it's not going my way. And maybe that's the point. It's not supposed to go your way. It's going God's way. So if you get out of your way and get into God's way, maybe things will end up working out in a way that is actually more satisfying and peaceful to your soul. Same thing with work. You know, I had a guy who, you know, was so frustrated because no matter how hard I work, no matter how hard I do this job, there's always somebody who's younger than me, who's, you know, who hasn't got as much experience as me, who always gets the job before I do, always gets the promotion before I do, and I just can't stand it. It's racism, it's sexism, it's all, it's, it's nepotism, it's all these things. They just won't give me the job. And... I couldn't wait for him to tell me about Jesus, to tell me that he really believed in Jesus or something because I want to tell him maybe that's because God is trying to show you that just because you have those promotions does not make, that doesn't make you. That maybe, just maybe, God is keeping you in these entry-level positions to try to show you something that you're not allowing him to show you because you're so stuck on, I got to get up there. I got to reach the top. I'm worthy of that. I deserve that. I should have that. And so because you're so stuck in that mindset of that thing, you're always going to be disappointed when someone else gets the job before you do. 
because you think that you're supposed to have it based upon your merit and based upon those things, not recognizing that favor, you know, is it does it's, it's not, you know, it's not given to just the people who who deserve it. God gives favor to whom he chooses to give it to. Doesn't matter black, white, purple, pink, whether you're in the kingdom or out of the kingdom. You know, gifts come without repentance. And so God will give favor upon who he chooses to give favor on so that, you know, his will can be accomplished. The end game is not your expectations. The end game is God's purpose and God's will. You know, we, we, we see that happening, you know, across, you know, our, even our projects and our, in our endeavors. Like with me, for instance, you know, I'm writing my fantasy novels and I'm three novels in and, you know, I haven't gotten anybody to, um, to, to, to bite on, you know, becoming an agent for me yet to, to get the books out there. I'm really not trying to go to self-publishing route, but you know, if it so happens to where I've, I've, I've submitted this book to so many people and everybody keeps saying no, I'm going to have to do what I got to do if I want this book to be out there. And it may, that may be the plan of God all along. I don't want you to have an agent. I don't want you to go through a publishing house. I don't want you to do it that way. I may want, I want you to do it the self-publishing way. I don't know. But if I stay stuck in this, I got to have an agent. I got to have an agent. I got to have an agent. And it's not the plan of God that I'm only going to get more and more disappointed when my book's not out there the way that when I wanted to be out there because you know, I, I want it done my way. Again, saying all that to say, we sometimes can get so bogged down because we are disappointed that things are not going the way that we envision them, our own expectations, that we don't give God the room to be God in our lives. We're, we're, we're submitting our plans to God, but what we're really doing is saying, God, I just need you to rubber stamp this. I just need you to just put your stamp on this real quick so, so that way we can, we can get to moving rather than saying, okay, God, here's my plan, but now, God, what do you want to do with it? How, whatever you got to do, I'm, these are my plans, but you are ordering my steps. You might want to speed this thing up. God, handle it. You might want to slow this thing down. God, handle it. Whatever you will it to be, you will it to be. For at the end of the day, not my will, but yours be done. I, 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 my, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And so the sooner I'm able to pivot from my will and pivot into, in, into God's will, the sooner that I can let go of my expectations and say, God, you got this, the more at peace I can be in how God decides to run this thing. Because it's all God's plan. It's all God's will. It's all, you know, being handled under the orchestration of the, God, of the God that we serve. And so we have to be willing to let go of our own expectations when our expectations are not aligning with God. I'm not saying to not have standards. I'm not saying to not have, you know, goals. I'm not saying to not have dreams. I'm not saying to not have endeavors and things that you wish to achieve. I'm not saying to not have plans. Make your plans. Be diligent in all that you do. But when you realize that how you're trying to make that bring bring things into this world are not going the way that you want it to go, got to take your hands off of it. The sooner you're able to take your hands off of it, and say, God, you got this. 
the more at peace in your soul you can be. It's a painful process sometimes to let go of the things because we had an idea and a vision of how this thing was supposed to go. And we may have to, it, it gets hard sometimes to do that. But what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? As I told y'all yesterday, taking next week off of the show and the week after we're going to be, we're going to be doing the show, doing the show differently um, in terms of the days that we're on and doing that because my peace is more important than doing the show. God has revealed to me that in not in doing, in doing the show, I haven't been spending enough time with him. I've been doing something for him, but I haven't been spending time with him. And so as, as the, as it, so as it goes, this show gotta, gotta lay it down. Got to lay some of the days down so that I can spend time with the Lord. I can rejuvenate. I can get what I need from him and I can, um, you know, be more, you know, involved in other, the other things that I have to do, you know, as far as my job, as far as the family and all those sort of things. And so again, if I was so stuck on, no, this show is Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got to do it. This is the will of the Lord. This is what I got to do. Then I would end up burning myself out. When God is clearly showing me time after time after time, bruh, this is not, this is not what I have for you. It's part of what I have for you, but it's not all that I have for you. You got to let, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. You got to pivot. You got to shift. And that's okay. It's okay to shift. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to move. It's okay to shift. We can sometimes box ourselves into thinking that this is the only way. Unless God has shown you that this is the only way. We can sometimes box ourselves and God's like, no, nah, man, there's infinite ways. Infinite ways to glorify me. Infinite ways to worship me. Infinite ways to give me glory. Like doing this thing, this specific way, is not the only way to glorify my name. It's not the only way to have ed to edify your soul. And so again, we got to be willing to pivot and shift because our expectations, how we envision things to be, can sometimes get in the way of what God has for us. There is something to be said, although I'm using this loosely and I'm trying not to use it erroneously because I don't, because I'm, what I'm not going to do is use God's word wrong, but there is something to be said. When it, when, when it says eyes haven't seen these things being spiritually discerned, even in the spiritual discernment, we're still seeing in part. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I see what you did there. Even though the things that God has in store for us are spiritually discerned, we are still seeing in part because we are not God. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. And so we got to be careful that we don't think that just because I saw it this way, this is how it's supposed to be. Because God's like, no, I can change that thing in a heartbeat, bro. I can change it in a heartbeat. And I can do that because I can see what you can't. I know what you don't. And those things will be revealed to you at the appointed time. But I don't, I'm not reveal, I don't have to reveal everything to you up front. And so again, we 
as the people of God, check your pulse. What are you holding on to so tightly that it's causing you anxiety and not peace? What expectations do you have for the people in your life? What expectations do you have for the endeavors that you're uh, that you're that you're endeavoring in? The job that you hold, the hobbies that you're involved in. What are your expectations of those things? And are you holding on to those expectations so tightly that it's causing you misery rather than joy? Let's do a heart check. Let's do a heart check. Because for a lot of us, we're holding on to things so tight. Because they have to go this way. They just have to be this way. It has to go my way. And God is saying, all right, if you say so, but you won't be at peace. We'll, we'll let you do it your way, free will and all, but you won't be at peace. And so, again, do a heart check. Are you holding on to what you had in mind, as T.D. Jake said? Are you holding on to what you had in mind so tightly that you can't give that up to God? And allow God to be God in your life. Make your plans. But know that your steps are ordered by God. And because he orders our steps, we should walk in lockstep with him. So that as he pivots, we pivot. Y'all know the song by Ludacris, when I move, you move just like that. When God moves, we move. Just like that. God is calling us to pivot when he pivots. To move when he moves. So that we are always in his will. We move as he moves. We pivot as he pivots. We, 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 we duck as, we, as he ducks. Some, some person put it like this one time. We are to act. As God's shadow, we want to be in, we want to be so aligned with God that we are literally what we are literally God's shadow. However, He moves, we move. However, He flows, He we flow. If He pushes pulls us up, we go up. If He goes down, we go down. We want to we want to act as if we are God's shadow, so that wherever He is, we are. Wherever we are, He is. Wherever he wants to go, that's where we go. We, the people of God, must be ever so ever so careful that we're walking in the perfect will of God. Being transformed by the renewal of our mind. Come on, God, I see you. The renewal of our mind. What does that mean? My thoughts, my ways, anything that is not like God, God, transform me. Renew my mind. Don't let me stay so rigid in my thinking that when you pivot, I can't pivot with you. Help me to stay flexible spiritually so that when you move, I'm moving with you. 
Help me to have a discernment to where if I'm if I'm not in the right direction and you're pulling me, I'm more I'm more prone to go with you rather than resist against you. Help me to pivot. Help me to move. Help me to change course if you're if you're moving. Help me to be asleep in the storm, so to speak, to where I'm not fighting against it, but you, hey, you ride we riding these waves. However, God, you are you want my life to be. God, you make it so. You make it so. The discernment that God wants us to have is such to where we want to be able to go as God directs. So if our plans are not his plans, God, take the plans and rip them up. Redraw the map, whatever you got to do. Because I don't want to not be in your will. I don't, I don't want to be out here on my own. I tried that. That's what, I tried it. It didn't work. I need you, Jesus. I need you in my life. And so submit your plans to the Lord. Submit your thoughts. Submit your ideas. Submit your, 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 your expectations to the Lord. And say to the Lord, this is what I want. But God, what do you know that I need? Give me that. Give me that. I don't need what I want if what I want isn't what I need. And so submit that to you guys as the people of God today that whatever your plans are, whatever your expectations are, learn to be flexible in your faith so that if God pivots or shifts or things don't go according to plan, you're not sitting steeped in disappointment to where you can't move. Because if you can't move, then when God moves, you'll stay stuck. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly thankful for the thousand likes that we've received thus far. Thankful for every person. Who has um who has been on the live thus far? Every comment, every like, every follow, every share. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and hit that subscribe button and listen to all of our episodes from the past to now. I'm certainly grateful for all of you all today. When we come back, we're gonna answer the question or rather the comment: repent and believe, didn't pay my bills. Repent and believe, didn't pay my bills. So sit tight as we go through why that statement is out there and why we are going to combat it today. Uh, we'll be right back in just a moment.
the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Someone in the chat box yesterday said the statement, repent and believe, don't pay my bills. You're 100% right. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, you're right. You're right. Repent and believe doesn't pay the bills. Um, yeah, you're 100% right. Um, you know, God ain't saying if you repent and believe, I'm going to give you money. It's not what this is about. It's not what this faith walk is about. It's not about getting money. It's not supposed to be anyway. Now, you have some people who will turn this into a money game, and that sucks. But you're 100% right. Repenting and believing does not pay bills. Does not pay bills. Um, and, I, and, I, and as I say this, as I say this, I want to keep in mind, I want us to keep in mind, there are a lot of people that are on the streets right now, homeless, don't have jobs, you know, um, dealing with, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our veterans, um, who can't, you know, who can't live in reality, their, their minds are just gone, um, a lot of people who, you know, drugs really just ravaged them, um, weren't able to hold a steady job, weren't able to keep housing long enough, that sort of thing, it's a real, it's a real thing. Um, a lot of these, a lot of people who are dealing with homelessness. And so, you know, I, I dare not sully any of them because a lot of our homeless people have a stronger faith in God than a lot of people who go to church. Can we call a spade a spade? You got a lot of homeless people that are going to make it into the kingdom long before a whole lot of folk that go to church every Sunday. It's called, just keep it a buck. There's a whole lot of folk that are living on the street corners right now who know more Jesus in their souls than some of your pastors who are preaching Sunday after Sunday. In saying that, I am of the mindset as well that if you are faithful to God and faithful to what he's put your hands to, God will provide. Repent and believe may not pay the bills, 100%. But I do believe my God to be a provider. And if you are faithful in what God has put in your hands, God is faithful to provide. Now, he may not provide with a billion dollars. So again, be clear. He may not provide with a billion dollars. God is not obligated to bless us for our faithfulness to him. Let me, let me be, and I'm, 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 I'm a firm believer in that. God ain't obligated to do squat. He's God, does what he wants to do. But our God is a provider. And again, if he has tasked your hands to work a job, to work some type of profession, to, to where you are able to make, you know, dollars and cents. God is faithful to provide. Some of us, and I'm, I've been, a, I was a testament to this in my, in my earlier years, scraping pennies together to get those bills paid. EBT, best friend. 
talking about, give me an EBT card. Wick, thank you, thank you. Yes, please. Gladly take it. Mm-hmm. Housing vouchers, whatever we need. You know, there are times where my wife and I were so frustrated. It's like, dude, we make too much money to meet this. We make we make ten dollars more. We we're over the threshold by ten dollars. But every step of the way, God has always provided. Sometimes we had to swallow some pride going to grandma's house to have a meal for the day. Sometimes having to go, you know, and, 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 and scrape up these dollars here and there, you know, asking for loans and asking for, to be, for money to borrow here, there, and everywhere in an attempt to get some of this stuff paid off. To keep the lights on. Had to, you know, force ourselves out of a house and go live with grandma. Go live with mom for a little while. So that we can keep, so we can stay, stay, have somewhere to stay. And yet, in all of those instances, God was providing. Talking about expectations. Sometimes we want God to provide a specific way. And get angry with him when he doesn't show up the way that we want him to. But again, God is not obligated to show up the way that we want him to. He shows up for us. And we have to thank him for how he shows up for us. For a lot of us, we want it's like the, per, like the, like the person who is drowning in knee-deep water. Stand up. But no, we want God to throw the life raft. We want him to throw us the kayak. We want him to throw us the, 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 the tugboat. We want him to throw, show, us, show up with the battleship. We want him to drain the ocean. When all we got to do is stand up. God is saying to us, I will provide. But will you accept my provision in whichever form it comes? Lord knows I wish I could win the lottery. I don't want that. I won't dare play. But if, 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 ever, if, I, if you ever give me a dream with some numbers. Oh, you best believe I'm going to play them numbers that day. I would love for God to pay me billions. Wipe out all my debts. But if that's not in the plan of God, he's giving me food to eat. A shelter over my head. A car to drive. A family who cares. He's provided me with everything that I need. So no, repent and believe doesn't pay bills. No, it doesn't. Because repentance and belief is not about trying to make it in this material world. It's about trying to satisfy a sin debt so that my soul can be saved. It's about getting the record Wipe clean for my soul's sake. And as I live this earth glorifying God, God provides his way so that he can be glorified. Which is why in the book of Proverbs, we find these words. Proverbs 30, 7, and, 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove falsehood and lying. Far from me, falsehood and lying. 
Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny who you are, or and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So help me, God, to not be so rich to where I forget you. And help me to not be so poor that I end up doing desperate things in an attempt to try to get, try to make my belly full and end up defaming your name. God knows what it will take for us to stay in his will. So if you would, if you're praying for a million dollars and you hadn't gotten a million dollars the way that you want a million dollars, it may be because God knows you. And if he gave you a million dollars, you'd forget him. Or maybe God has given you a million dollars over the course of 30 years. Because do you know how much we spend a year on things? So maybe he has given you a million dollars already. You were just a terrible steward of the million dollars that he gave you. Nevertheless, repentance and belief is not about getting your bills paid. It's about Christ paying a sin debt so that our souls can be saved. As we live our lives for Christ, he will provide for us so that we can be the children of God and glorify his name. But he is not obligated to provide for us the way that we want him to. Yes, repentance and belief doesn't pay your bills. But repentance and belief will give you a heart and give you a spirit to steward your money well. So ask yourself the question, unbeliever. Is the reason that you're wanting God to be in your, you're wanting, you're not wanting God in your life is because you're expecting him to be a genie and you rub the lamp and he gives you things? Because if so, whoever told you that was lying because that's not who God is. God is not a genie. And don't let anyone who tells you you're one prayer away, you're one message away, you're one this away from your breakthrough to fool you. Because if a breakthrough is going to happen, it's going to happen in the spirit. Long before it happens in the natural. For God says he gives his spirit freely to anyone who asks. You want a material blessing, and we all do, ask God for it. But recognize that if you're looking for breakthrough, breakthrough doesn't happen in the material. It happens in the spirit. And it manifests itself in the natural if God so decides that that's how it will happen. So again, we ask God for the breakthrough, but recognize that the breakthrough is not meant to satisfy a material need. It's meant to satisfy a spiritual craving. So yeah. Repent and believe doesn't pay the bills. 
But if you repent and believe, chances are you'll learn how to steward your money a whole lot better so that you will always be in receivership of the provision that God has given you. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. I was so happy to see this and it is something praiseworthy for me. Your boy T.I. in the city of Atlanta are cutting a ribbon on new on a new affordable housing complex. And for that, we're going to turn to um, this tape to show you guys what we got going on here. Come on, commercial. I know you're coming. I know you're coming, commercial. Well, housing in Atlanta today, Atlanta rapper T.I., Mayor Andre Dickens, and a variety of other groups unveiled the Entrada building on Donald Lee Hollowell Parkway. Fox News' Alex Whitler joins us here on set with a look at what this means, Alex, for the neighborhood. Yeah, hey, Christine, it's good to see you. Atlanta knows T.I. rides for the west side. Well, now, in what was once known as Bankhead, there are more than 140 affordable housing units. This is one of those very Atlanta moments in which several recognizable figures came together for a common cause. once said, if you ride with him, he'll show you where he kicks it at. So when you listen to tips, how do you say, Call your Heights, Center Hill, Grove Park, and shouts out all these neighborhoods right around here. Right here, on the west side, where the city's latest affordable housing facility, Entrada, just opened its doors. If I'm going to tell y'all a little secret, don't tell nobody. I got caught stealing that just came up right here. <laughs> okay. And I thought that, you know, you know, uh, just to offset the shame that came with that, you know, <laughs> It would be, it would behoove me, you know, to, to invest in the community by acquiring this piece of property. It's the least I could do. You know what I'm saying? The rubber band man is talking about his investment in this brand new building on Donald Lee Hollowell Parkway. He's not the only one who knows this area well. Uh, I remember growing up, we remember this was Kmart for a while, and this was Food Lion, um, and then y'all had a vision, and look at this vision come to life today. Uh, I'm so grateful. I've been passing by since it's been under construction. I've seen people moving, and I knew that this day would come. The mayor and rapper say the community is a partnership with the city of Atlanta, T.I.'s Briarhouse Holdings, and the Vecino Group. T.I. says he was inspired by fellow Westside native Killer Mike. Everyone does a little. No one has to do a lot. Since 2017, several organizations have thrown their resources together to make a safe space for families who've floundered financially. According to Rent Cafe, the average rent in Atlanta is more than $1,800. And with a zip recruiter poll showing the average person here makes $34 an hour, it's clear why there's such an emphasis on creating affordable homes. Safe, quality, affordable housing is linked to what we value in education, health, and creating a pathway for families to move up the economic ladder. Housing isn't something that a government can fix on its own. The idea is to build an even better community by buying back the block.
In the past two years, the mayor says the city has created 3,200 affordable homes with another 5,000 under construction right now. The mayor says his goal is to set aside 20,000 affordable housing units. Again, today's Entrada opening made yeah. room for another 140. That's fantastic. Great to see him giving back, right, in yeah. that way. Um, very proud. Good stuff. Thanks, Alex. So what am I always saying to us, guys? There's good things happening right in the now, world. The nation's capital. No, no, I don't want you to play now. I don't want you to play now. Hush. What am I always saying to us, though, guys? There's things going on all around us all the time if we just know how to look. A lot of our celebrities and a lot of our, um, a lot of our entertainers and our athletes, they are doing a lot of great things in the world. But we don't often give them the accolades or the or the or the, cred, the credit that they deserve for the good things that they do. We only want to see we want to see them fall, but we never look to see what they're doing out in the world and in the community. And so, we thank God that He impressed upon Ti's heart, you know, to 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 invest in the community. Like He said, you know, He was <laughs> He stole from the store that when He was growing up that used to be in the neighborhood and so the least he could do is to buy the property back and try to you know make it more affordable um for people in that community and so this is what we're talking about like there are good things that are happening in the world all the time if we just know where to look if we just know how to look and so don't be fooled there are a lot of bad things that are happening in the world without question but there's a lot of great stuff that's happening in the world, too. And if we just know how to open our eyes and see, maybe we can then be inspired to do something for somebody. Yeah, it's, it's bad out here, no question. But there is still a lot of good happening in the world. The world is not coming to an end as, as soon as we think it is. No man knows the day nor the hour when the world's coming to an end. Don't let the news fool you. There are some great things happening in this world. There are still great people in this world. There are still great things happening in this world if we just know how to look. So today we, 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 we praise um, God for T.I. and the people that he worked with, um, especially um, Mayor um, Andre Dickens, um, to ensure that the city of Atlanta um, is doing great things to allow people to be able to thrive in that city. Um, and we can look to their um, inspiration and look to their um, look to their success as inspiration to do great things in our own neighborhoods, in our own communities, in our own churches, wherever we wherever our hands and feet you know um, land on because wherever God has placed us, he put us there strategically to shine a light, in the darkness so that we can be the change and be the difference for others to see so that when they see our good works they can glorify god um, for the things that he has done so again we we praise god for ti mayor andre dickens in the um in the groups that have opened up Entrada in Atlanta and hope that it is a that allows people to be able to um, receive affordable housing in that area and in areas to come so thank god for that thank god for that um, again, just grateful that God gives us this opportunity to be able to put to shine a big light on the things that he's doing, um, in this world.
listen, I want to thank you guys so, so much for the thousand likes that we've received today. I want to thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, every share. All next week, I'm going to be on vacation. Um, and so we'll be back on the following Monday after Thanksgiving. Um, so, and again, we're going to be, um, doing, going to revamp the, the schedule. So we'll figure, we'll have all that for y'all, get for you guys on Monday on how that's going to go. But thank you so, so much for your continued support and viewership of the True Gospel Morning Show. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.